This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Pauly, and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 7 of the Midweek Series. Hello everybody. I'm Jerry. I'm Tracy. And I assume I have a voice, so we're going to do this. Tracy, we have a big show tonight lined up. We've got this story that we're going to do on something we haven't done before. Then we've got the first installment of the Fear of the Week with author Leslie Fear. Oh, that's right. That's great. And then we've got Tim Frick on, who does a very motivational podcast, Mm -hmm. which fits in perfect with our show. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his show, but he's going to tell us about some conspiracy theories, because that's what his other podcast is. Oh, cool. Can't wait to hear. So, yeah, we talk a little bit about the uh, Denver International Airport, whether Prince Charles is a vampire what? Yep. And whether... The Prince Charles. The Prince Charles. Oh, God. Well, he's like 187. <laughs> well, and then true. we talk about, um, I think it's April being a blood month for the U.S. government. So we get into all that a little bit later. Oh. You're going to like this. Okay. All right, so night story. We've done stories about haunted ocean liners, haunted steamboats, and most recently haunted battleships. This week, we've got a haunted yacht. That'd be all right. <laughs> this isn't just any yacht, though. This yacht belonged to John Wayne. The John Wayne. And hey, it was called the Wild Goose. The Wild Goose? The Wild Goose. Well, if I'm going to be haunted, being on a yacht's not a bad thing. At least be <laughs> haunted in luxury. That's right. And this, this was pretty luxurious. So John Wayne bought it in 1964, and it became his most prized possession. He loved this thing. The Wild Goose was a World War II minesweeper originally, and it was converted into a luxury yacht. What's a minesweeper? I guess it just went around the ocean just making sure that paths were clear for oh, other ships sense. or something. Seems like a dangerous job. Uh-huh. It was 140 feet long, had luxurious staterooms, and it required six people to operate it when it was running. Of course, it stayed docked a lot of the time, too. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, it's the sister ship to Jack Cousteau's Calypso. Oh. So if you remember his boat, that's what this one looked like. So John Wayne sold his prize yacht one month before he died to an attorney from Santa Monica named Lynn Hutchins in June of 1979. Hutchins started to experience strange things within the first month of John Wayne's passing. So, according to an article in National Enquirer, which I know most people are going to say uh, it's a National Enquirer, but let it be known that Hutchins said that they quoted him perfectly. So, this was in the uh, uh, National Enquirer, but he said this was very accurate. He said, I've seen John Wayne's ghost twice. 
I've felt his spirit nearby many times. The first time he woke up, like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it was on in August at 4 a.m. The room was black. <clears throat> he said the boat was eerily silent. Ooh, God, that would be so scary. He suddenly became aware that someone was standing at the door to the port gangway. And I don't know what a gangway is, but. No, neither. He was startled because he was the only one on the boat. Why would you be the only? I guess he was docked. Yeah, he was docked. Oh, okay. He said it was a tall man with a cowboy hat, and he couldn't see any features except for a smile. Mm-hmm. He said he later asked the captain of the boat, Bart, Bert Minchel, and he said that that was definitely sounded like John Wayne. No. So he had a second encounter, like we mentioned earlier. On this occasion, it was about a year after John Wayne had passed away. He was in the main cabin. He was reading a book. He felt like someone was kind of behind him. He said then he felt a rush of wind come through, and all the beer glasses, John Wayne's beer glasses, that were hanging from the ceiling started shaking and clanking together so hard that he thought they were going to break. He said he stood up really quickly. There was a mirror behind the bar, and he could see into the mirror that there was someone standing behind him, and it was the Duke's reflection. Oh, my Lord. So he quickly turned around, and it was gone. He said both of these instances lasted four to five seconds of seeing the apparition. In 1983, Hutchins requested Patricia Hayes, who was a well-known psychic from Atlanta. She actually ran a school to teach other psychics. So she had him, he had her come in. She brought in three associates and parapsychologist, Dr. William G. Rowe. And Dr. Rowe was actually head of the Psychical Research Foundation in Chapel Hill at the time. After investigating, Hayes and Rowe both felt that the boat was haunted by John Wayne. And this was mainly because Hutchins' attachment to John Wayne. See, when Hutchins was a huge, before he bought it, he was a huge John Wayne fan, way before he bought the boat. That was part of his attraction to wanting to get it. He had to go through intense scrutiny and interrogation by John Wayne's son just to be able to buy the boat. John Wayne wanted to only sell the boat to somebody who had the same outlook and views on life and the political world as he did. Oh, I thought maybe John already knew this dude or something. Mm-mm. Oh, wow. So after being allowed to buy the boat, Hutchins kept most of the uh, plaques and memorabilia on board that John Wade mm-hmm. had, had already had on the walls and stuff. So that connection is why Roland Hayes feel that John Wayne keeps coming around after his death. Aww. So, he wants to make sure that yacht's taken care of, too, for apparently. sure. That's really cool. So That's the story of John Wayne's haunted yacht. I like it. Well, I tried. You did good. I did okay. I think you did. So, You usually sound like you have a Peter ba- a Brady voice anyway half the time. <laughs> it's not like this, though. <laughs> okay. So, this week we're going to start our Fear of the Week episode. Okay. It's going to be a little short episode, five to ten minutes. Leslie Fear, the author, uh, it will come on and she'll actually do a little something that we don't usually do on the show. Like mm-hmm. I know this one was um, a little different because it was the first one. So we started yeah. off easy and we kind of did something with like serial killers last meals. Mm-hmm. But she's got other episodes where she's going to talk about things like the Mongolian death worm what it's like to have the black plague and what happens to your body. What the hell? That sounds terrible. I know. 
Well, so. <laughs> I see you big cheesing over there. So we're going to have all kinds of cool stuff that wouldn't be our typical stories that we would mm-hmm. tell. Yeah, but, but that's interesting. But she's going to come on and tell us some eerie type stuff. And it might be serial killer related. It might be, yeah. you know, like I said, illness related or something yeah. like that. Mortician facts. Mm-mm. Something like that. So it's going to be fun, though. She's enjoying working on it. So let's give a listen to the first installment of the Fear of the Week. Listening to the fear of the week. With author Leslie Fear. Hey guys, we are happy to have our very first installment of the Fear of the Week with author Leslie Fear. And Leslie's gonna tell us about some last meals, which actually is kind of topical because they just executed a man in uh, I believe it was Tennessee last night. And there was a big story out about what he had for his last meal, which was, uh, I think it was uh, two Philly cheesesteaks, and he had a cheesecake, and he had fries and a Pepsi. Wow. So, and I know wow. you've got some, uh, you've got some uh, stories to kind of line up with that. So, Leslie, I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, thank you, Jerry. I'm glad to be here. All right. So, last meals, death row inmates. I thought they no longer did it anymore, so maybe it's just a Texas thing. <laughs> so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I was under the impression they don't—they no longer do it. You just get the same slop everybody else gets because you're on death row, you dummy. That's kind of where I thought it was going. Okay, so John Wayne Gacy, also known as the Killer Clown because of his alter ego, Pogo the Clown. Now, he murdered at least 33 boys and young men. And 26 of his victims' remains were found in the crawl space of his home. But that smelled great. His last <laughs> meal, his last meal were 12 fried shrimp, a bucket of original recipe Kentucky Fried Chicken, and one pound of strawberries. He used to manage three KFCs. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I did not no, know that. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, because that's cool to know a serial killer was part of the uh, chicken industry. That's good. (laughs) So, okay, the next one, Ted Bundy, 43 years old when he got the electric chair. And I don't know if you guys know anything about him. He was charged with over 35 counts of murder and was given three death sentences. Told uh, officials that uh, he took the heads of his victims to his house. That's nice. Anyway, he was 43 when he died, like I said, in the electric chair in Florida. He declined the special meal, but they still gave him uh, a steak that was medium rare, eggs over easy, hash browns, toast with butter, jelly, milk, and juice. What if he's not a breakfast guy? I mean, it just kind of made an assumption there. Uh, They did make an assumption, but, you know, he's got a steak right in front of him, so maybe he's, you know, he's got that. So, you know, (laughs) we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Eileen Wuornos, sex worker. Convicted and sentenced to death for murdering seven men in Florida by shooting them at point-blank range. She Ah. declined a last meal, too. She was just served a cup of coffee. And honestly, I don't think I'd want a last meal, either. I think I'd be too nervous. Yeah. 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 Or maybe it's just a hard choice. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) But she was 46 years old when she died in Florida of lethal injection. And uh, the last one. Timothy McVeigh. Y'all remember him? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City bombing. Horrible, horrible tragedy. Happened in 1995 in Oklahoma City, as you said. He wanted two pints of mint chocolate ice cream. That's, that's filling. 
That's craziness. Yeah. Isn't that funny for somebody who killed 168 people and injured 600, over 680 people when he bombed that Alfred P. Murrah federal building. And he was put to death in 2001 by lethal injection. Yeah. I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. 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 He, he needs to be. Yeah. I hope yeah. he got s- stomach cramps after he ate his ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> But that, I'm telling you, that is uh, so those are some of the crazy things that people wanted for some of the serial killers wanted or didn't want so for their weird. last meals. Yeah, it's craziness. But you know what? No, I was gonna say I think you you had mentioned that, that you didn't think they did it anymore. I think some of the states don't do it anymore. And from what I understood, like in Tennessee from last night, that gentleman he could have anything he wanted as long as it was under twenty dollars. So that was, was a cost I think that was tied the, to it. I think that was the thing that some of these people were ordering and it wasn't necessarily serial killers. It was just people on death row were ordering like these $200 meals and then they weren't eating them. Yeah. That was the whole thing. They would order them and then not mm-hmm. eat them just out of mm-hmm. spite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that hurts. Yeah. Here, well, you I'm know gonna what? Be, I'm going to yeah. be dying. Yeah. I just feel like saying if you're on death row anyway, my ex-wife should cook you something and you should have to eat that. It should <laughs> be part of your punishment. I am telling her. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> he's so mean well you know hey if he's if she can't cook you know yeah. we we can we can certainly let people that don't deserve any cooking have some bad cooking <laughs> i was gonna say she can't cook as a matter of fact if you call poison control and they need you to throw up they'll usually ask hey is jerry's ex-wife around have her cook you something <laughs> you are well, I, I don't know about you, Tracy. Are you a cook? Um, I can. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, well. I mean, yeah. I, I cook. I mean, I do cook, of course. But um, Jerry likes to cook, so I let him have his way every once in a while. Well, I have a question for both of you. If you had to have a last meal, Tracy and Jerry, what would you guys want? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I kind of wouldn't mind to have some ice cream. <laughs> because it's going to be hot where he was going, so, you know. <laughs> that electric chair is not fun. And uh, 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 I don't even know. Probably some good biscuits and gravy. Mm. I don't know. Country mm-hmm. ham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about, how about I, you, Jerry? Man, that's a tough one. I would probably, I don't know if y'all have roosters down there, but it's like a Hooters. But I would probably mm-hmm. say roosters chicken wings. That's my favorite meal. Ooh. Yeah, I'd have to have some Mexican because I live in Texas and man, oh man, we got some good Mexican. But you know what? I'd be too nervous to eat. Yeah. I mean, it's, that is pretty nerve wracking. No you know, I, I'd be like, what's coming? Uh, Eileen Warnos, I'd be like, I don't want anything. And they gave her coffee. What? Whatever. I'd be like, don't keep me up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> keep me I mean, up. <laughs> I don't need the caffeine, man. Let me just go to sleep. Can you just give me some volume so you could just like stretcher me onto the <laughs> injection yeah. table so I don't even have to know <laughs> what's going on. That's it. That's what I'm saying. That's want, probably a good deal. I want to see people have like real discipline. Like, uh, what do you got that's gluten free? Or uh, what about, uh, what do you got that's low carb? I'm on the, I'm on the Atkins diet. Oh my Atkins gosh. diet. I'm sorry. I can't do that. That's not gluten free. And I'm sorry. I need one of those frappuccino, <laughs> skim milk, um, decaf, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of funny if somebody did that. It would be that funny. That would be their last hurrah. Yeah, so. well, it wasn't funny what they did. So you know what? They don't deserve crap. Yeah, true story. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, so. Leslie, thank you for coming on and doing this inaugural 
It's inaugural really count for the first episode. Ah. It does. Yeah. Inaugural does. Oh. And you know what? And I, I'm going to say it every time. I'll see myself out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Leslie. Thank you, babe. You're welcome. Well, there's a few little interesting tidbits. <laughs> what would you want for your last meal? I think we discussed that in there. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> what did you want? I don't remember. I don't either. <laughs> I must not have been too No, excited. I said roosters, chicken wings. Oh. That's what it was. Cool. So, anyway, I hope you all like that little segment. It, that one's going to get a little better as we go. We're experimenting, finding out the kind of shows or the stories that we want to do. And I think we've got it hammered out now. So, mm-hmm. be interested to hear how that uh, develops over the next couple of weeks. So, now... We're going to go ahead and listen to Tim Frick. You're going to love this guy. He's got an awesome personality. He's super funny, super energetic. And and if you listen to his podcast, it's definitely something that if you feel a little down. (laughs) (laughs) That is, if you feel a little down. Yeah, if you feel a little down. uh, (laughs) Those guys will definitely make you feel, feel good. But check out all of this conspiracy talk because it's definitely some fodder for some uh, talk a little later around the water cooler about, especially the internet, Denver International. Can you not speak? No. What was the, that you said? Denver, something about fodder. fodder. What's fodder. that? You know, talk. Oh, why don't you just say talk? I don't understand them big words. <laughs> Luke, I am your father. Oh. Anyways, he, uh, all this stuff he talked about with Masonic symbols and stuff, I didn't bring up any of that, so yeah, so. Don't, don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> so, let's give Tim a listen. <laughs> hey, guys, I've got a special guest here. Some of you know we were lucky enough to join the Podbelly Network, a lot of great shows on there, and I've got the host of one of them. This is uh, Tim Frick from Project Reclamation Podcast, and Tim, first of all, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, sir. I'm happy to be here, man. Now, the reason I brought you on... You do a podcast that's very motivational. That's pretty much what it is. And and you may be the first podcaster we've had on that's not paranormal. But (laughs) I do think that ties into our show because we do like to give hope to people. We do uh, preach on mental illness and and suicide prevention. And I think that's a really good tie-in and balance to what we do. And I thought a lot of our listeners might like to hear what you offer up on your podcast and be able to listen to that and maybe help them in other ways that we can't help. Absolutely, man. A hundred percent. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you have a paranormal podcast, which, which I thoroughly enjoy. You know, I've, I've, even before the pod belly days, you know, I, I knew about your podcast and, and I, I, dude, I like what you guys throw out there, but it's kind of cool because you guys have a paranormal podcast, but you care and you, you know, you, you put it out there about the kind of, you know, suicide awareness, mental health awareness and kind of just happiness awareness and, you know, trying to be the best versions of ourselves or or if, you know, if, if you have a problem or, you know, you need to talk to somebody like you got friends out there. And like if you don't have a friend like in the neighborhood or in your contact list, like, dude, you can reach out to Jerry. You can reach out to, you know, well, hopefully you'll become a fan of Project Reclamation and you can reach out to us. I mean. We're trying to create a community of people who want to be the best versions of themselves and and who are just trying to make their lives a little bit better. And maybe that means pulling yourself out of a hole and maybe it means taking yourself to the next level. But whatever it may be, that's kind of what we what we offer. But I think it's cool that, you know, you have your 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 kind of category is paranormal, but you guys have an interest in 
in kind of motivation and mental health awareness. You know, we're in the motivation business, but we definitely have interest in paranormal. I mean, you know, that's one of, you know, you and I have talked, man, and that's that's one of the things that at least two out of the three of our hosts, you know, really have kind of a, a, a keen interest in. So I think it's kind of a, an interesting crossing of the two where, you know, we, we it seems like two very different categories, but it's really not. So, yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, go ahead. No, Sorry. I was going to say I agree 100%. Yeah, no, I think it's very cool, man. And, uh, you know, we were just talking before we hit the record button. I was kind of telling you how I got this started. So I guess I'll just sort of repeat that. Uh, you know, uh, we were kind of in it. Basically, it's it's three of us that do it. We don't always get three of us on every episode because we got, you know, we got different time zones and a lot of different schedules. Uh, one of us, not me, is a husband and a father. And, and he's got a lot of, you know, cool things going on. So we don't we don't try to take him away from that, you know, when he can't <laughs> get away from that. So. You know, you got to do what you got to do, man. Priorities are, are important. So uh, sometimes you'll heal all three of us. Sometimes it'll just be two of us. But, um, you know, we, we address just a lot of different stuff. It started basically we're three friends who we've been friends since we were in like junior high. So we've known each other for 20 plus years. Uh, it, it's an interesting dynamic. But, you know, we 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 probably know each other better than we know ourselves, which is cool. But we've gone through a lot. But I think when we started this thing about two years ago, just shy of two years ago, Two of us were unemployed and uh, I had um, I wasn't having any serious health problems, but I was severely overweight. Now, I'd always been an athlete, so I think that's kind of what saved me. But I had just gotten gastric bypass surgery at the time. I've since lost over 150 pounds. But kind of at the beginning of that journey, my buddy was like, dude, you got to get on social media, do this, do that. And I'm like, dude, I'm not, you know, social media is not really my thing. But hold on. I got an idea. Let's start a podcast. So. The inception of the idea was we're all trying to make our lives better. We're all trying to improve things and just be better versions of ourselves. So we want to just kind of put that out there into like what we're going through and encourage people to kind of come along for the ride. So now we've done almost 100 episodes. Well, almost 100 actual episodes. If you throw in our bonuses, we have well over 100. But, you know, we talk about topics like gratitude and forgiveness and motivation and you know we talk about people like the rock and jocko willink and david goggins and tony robbins all these people but the thing is is we're trying to bring the things that help us to the public and kind of give you our insights and what we've learned along the way but we're not ever trying to claim to be any sort of experts we're not trying to claim to be tony robbins and we don't necessarily always know the right way and i'll be honest half the time the episodes are just us talking through our own shit but ultimately just having someone to kind of even just listening to other people talk through their stuff like that can be helpful. So if that's something that could help anyone and we try to be extremely approachable, like if you have a problem or you just have a question or you just want to talk to somebody like you can always reach out to us. We'll even put you on an episode. Um, so that's kind of a long winded answer, Jerry, of what uh, what we're all about. No, I think that's perfect, though, because that's that's what this is about is letting people know what your show entails and, you know, you guys, we're going to get into here just in a second. We're going to get into some conspiracy theories. That's what we're going to spend the bulk of this on because you guys are going to start another podcast on that. And I know uh, I was telling you when we were tossing around ideas that the Denver International Airport is something that people have talked to us about wanting us express instances and us doing a show on, and I just haven't done it. But you're going to take care of that for us tonight along with a couple other topics. Yeah, I do love the Denver International Airport, man. I uh, I listened to my first conspiracy theory podcast about the Denver International Airport 
when I was sitting in a plane on a tarmac about to leave DIA on my way back to San Diego, which is where <laughs> I live. And it was just like I was listening to this thing. and I was like, dude, I didn't pay attention because, dude, I've been to so many airports. I don't pay like I don't necessarily pay attention to anything, to be perfectly honest. I'm like, OK, boom, check in. You know, here's my bag. Got my things. Let's grab something to eat some snacks. OK, I'm in the plane. I mean, that's it. Like, you know, an airport's an airport. But as soon as I listened to that, then you better believe the next time I went to DIA, I was like, dude, I got to check out all this stuff because it's it's some weird things, man. Whether you believe any of the conspiracies or not, or you take them to their kind of finality, it's some really crazy stuff. And it's super interesting, like on the surface, it could be frightening if you're kind of squeamish on the conspiracy theory stuff and the whole New World Order uh, and, uh, I don't know. I think it's super interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you were you were willing to, to let me kind of help you talk about this one, Jerry. So let's do this because we're going to circle yeah. back around at the end and and we're going to talk about um, how people can find your your podcast that you're in. We'll talk a little bit about the new one y'all plan on starting up. Uh, yeah, sure. And and then I want you to tell the rock story that we were talking about earlier at the end of the show. Oh, yeah, 100%. So what we're going to get into is the Denver International Airport. You've got uh, something you call Blood Month, uh, that or that's deemed Blood Month, not that you named it. And then we have the possibility that Prince Charles could be a vampire. Am I correct on all three of those? 100%. And uh, my other question that will not be answered on this podcast is, if Prince Charles is a vampire, what does that make Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> just given, you know, the recent events that have happened. Nice. I, I That's just in jest, you know. Um, so, yeah, man, where do you want to start? I mean, I got some notes. I got some thoughts. I got some theories. Um, let's start off with let's start off with Denver International Airport, because I think that's the one okay. that's got the most meat to the bones. So this one's weird, man. And I don't have I don't necessarily have my own theory on exactly what the F is going on here. But there's a lot of weird stuff. So I kind of started it off by saying, like, there's definitely something. Like, is it an Illuminati stronghold? Is it a Freemason bunker? Is it a giant FEMA death camp? Is it a portal to hell? I have no idea. But given what we're about to go through, there's definitely something interesting, at least enough to make you go, hmm, okay. Um, so I don't know, Jerry, do you want me to just kind of go through some of these things? Yeah, just jump in and, right. and I'll let you just take the take hold of the mic and then right. I'll jump I'll, in. I'll, cool. Yeah, jump in, dude. Uh, you know, cut me off, whatever you want to do, man. So um, so the first thing I'm going to say is uh, for all you. Uh, well, there is there is none of those. There, There's a giant. The, the airports make a giant swastika. I don't know how else to put this. Uh, now, is that like functionally the most. I don't know, the most efficient way to make these these runways? Probably, maybe, maybe not. I have no idea. But if you look at it from the air, it, it does definitely make uh, what appears to be somewhat of a swastika. So I think that's kind of interesting. Um, now, one of the main things that people who are all in on this conspiracy theory think is that there was no problem with Stapleton Airport. Like, it was, it was a fine airport. It was big enough. It was doing other things. The only credible argument that comes from the people who are giving us what I'll call the sort of mainstream narrative, I'm doing air finger quotes, but you can't see them, um, is that I guess Stapleton had their, their parallel runways were too close together, so that kind of, it, 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 uh, it cut off some of the traffic that they could have, especially, I guess, in bad weather. So that seems like kind of a weak argument to spend... Uh, billions of dollars to build a new airport, but okay, I'll buy it. 
Sure. So they built this new one. So apparently the swastika design is the most the most uh I don't know, efficient way to uh to have runways in, you know, parallel and per- perpendicular order. So that's all I really have on that one. Do you have any thoughts on the whole uh, swastika runways, Jerry? No, it's so is it that way at most new airports or is it primarily just that one? See, that's a great question that I don't have the answer to. Jesus. You knew I was going to ask that question. I told you yesterday. I, I'm just kidding. I didn't, didn't know, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just I'm out here in San Diego. It's 75. It's you know, I'm just surfing. No, actually, it's it's rainy and cold and disgusting here. But um, yeah. So, no, dude, honestly, I have no idea. We're going to have to do a follow-up on that one. I'm sorry. That's fine. Let's move ahead. <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, the second one is uh, the possibility of chemical weapons. This one's an interesting thing. So, uh, on the the airport has a bunch of different designs kind of, uh, I'm going to say, like, etched into the tile of the floor. And one of those is, uh, the, the most kind of notable one is it's what looks like a, a cart. So, it's possibly a mining cart. And it has some stuff in it. Who knows? It's a very simple design. And it says A-U-A-G on it. Now, the the simplest example or the simplest explanation on that is that A-U and A-G are the periodic symbol tables for silver and gold. Colorado was, you know, part of the whole gold rush. So that's a pretty good explanation of what that means. However, there is some other things. There's like the there's these giant weird tunnels that nobody's sure what they're used for. And they have sprinkler systems. But why you need sprinkler systems in concrete tunnels, nobody's really sure. So there is a conspiracy that maybe the sprinkler system in the tunnels is actually to spread some sort of a um, poison liquid to kill a bunch of people, if that's your, you know, if that's what you believe in. So the thought of this is it, it, something very interesting is one of the major donors to this airport, an anonymous person who supposedly found a new strain of hepatitis that was so strong it could be weaponized. And this was, uh, you can look this up. It was actually called Australian Antigen, or A-U-A-G. So there's a thought that there was some sort of Illuminati, Freemason, New World Order plot to uh, use chemical uh, warfare to either kill other people or their own people. I'm not really sure. Like I said, I don't have all the final answers. I just have the what the hecks, you know? So so that's, that's the chemical weapons thing. When was uh, the airport built? Do you know? Oh, that's a great question. I should have the answer to. I think it was ninety five. Yeah, it's not. It's not that old. It's like no, no. It's pretty. It's pretty new, and it's kind of weird. If you guys have never been to the Denver airport, um, so the old airport, Stapleton, is you know just right out. It's just it's it's right. It's in the city limits. It's you know it's not far away. So then they they decided to build this new airport, and. Um, it's the second or third biggest airport in the world. It's the biggest airport in the United States. It has crazy amounts of traffic. And there's a lot of weird things about it. They went billions and billions of dollars over budget. The land around the airport is owned by all sorts of weird interests, such as uh, the, 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 the Queen of England. Um, I think some, some sort of Saudi oil interests and all kinds of weird stuff. So there's just... It's it's a it's a literally a never ending vortex of 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 uh, conspiracy theory fodder for what the hell is going on at this airport. And I don't know the answers. So I'm just going to give you all the facts or the kind of theories and you can kind of, you know, what we report, you decide. I don't know what to tell you guys about this because I don't know all the answers. I just know that it's fascinating to me and there's just so many weird things. It can't be a conspiracy like. It can't be a coincidence. It's not a. It can't be a coincidence that so much weird stuff is going on at this airport. 
Um, and it's like when it started, they built these five huge buildings and something and we'll get into this a little later, but something was wrong with them, like uh, as far as the specifications go. So instead of like, I don't know, renovating them or demolishing them and starting over or doing something, they buried them and built the current airport over those five buildings. So those five buildings still exist underground, which is another whole theory. But we'll get into that in a second. So yeah, is your head spinning yet, Jerry? Oh, this one's it, weird. It's been spinning. All right. So another one is, I'm sure you got anyone who's into conspiracy theories at all, you've heard of the New, new World Order. Even anyone who's in politics, you probably have heard of the New World Order. I mean, if you've listened to a George Bush speech, you've heard about the New World Order. But uh, there's, there's, uh, there's this capstone on top of a... Um, uh, which, what do you call those things? A uh, a time capsule. So they have a time capsule there. It's supposed to be opened in 2094. And apparently there's uh, a credit card, a Colorado flag, uh, some newspapers from when the airport opened, and a bunch of other stuff there. But the weird thing is the capstone on top of this time capsule. And it's, you know, Denver International Airport, blah, 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 a bunch of stuff. Giant Freemason symbol. Now, I'm not saying the Freemasons are evil because I don't know, but they are certainly bogged down with tons of conspiracies over what the Freemasons really are. So there's two different orders, the, the, the Freemasons here. And then the most interesting part about this thing. So I guess this airport, this was this specific thing was dedicated in 1994, Jerry. So I might've been wrong. It might've been 94. Um, but the, the very interesting thing about this one is at the very bottom, it's, it, it cites the new world airport commission. And people think that's very close to new world order. The New World Airport Commission is an organization that does not exist, at least not officially. You can't look it up. It doesn't officially exist. So that's kind of the weirdest part about this capstone that's on top of this supposed time capsule. So that's kind of interesting. You got the Masons, you know, the Freemasons, and you got the New World Airport Commission, which is uh, something that doesn't exist. So that's the weirdest thing about that one. Um, Yeah, so that's that one. Yeah, a bunch of crazy stuff going on there, and I re- and I refuse to make any comments on the Masons uh, due to previous <laughs> <laughs> accusations I've made and Dude. and the trouble that it's caused me. <laughs> Fair enough. I uh, I know nothing, and I say nothing. Um, <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, the airport is it, it is it has all these underground tunnels, and reportedly most of them are about 40, 40 feet in diameter, concrete tunnels. Um, I think they may have been part of a uh, it was supposed to be the state of the art automatic baggage system, uh, basically to deliver your bags, I'm guessing, from the terminal to the airplane and vice versa. But I guess from pretty much day one, it failed and then they never fixed it. It just sort of went unused after that. So I don't know if these tunnels are purely for that or if they're for something else. But now people speculate you have these giant tunnels with these weird sprinkler systems that you don't really I, my thought is that you don't you're not really like you don't really need to put out a fire in a concrete tunnel because what is there to burn in concrete tunnels nothing because concrete's not going to burn but uh so there's a lot of thoughts that the, that the, the sprinkler systems are actually something more nefarious maybe having something to do with if we go back to that whole uh, weaponized um hepatitis i don't know these are just things coming out of my mouth but so that all sounds kind of good and well, but then we also have those five buildings underneath. So a lot of people speculate that either it's a bunker for some sort of elite group of people. Maybe it's the Illuminati or or the Freemasons or the uh, I don't know, the reptilians or the lizard people, if you're into that. 
or or maybe it's something more like a FEMA death camp, and that's where the sprinklers come into play. They're going to put all the people down there like cattle and kill them off in their whole plan to reduce the world population by X percent. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. These are things that people think. Yeah, it's crazy. But but stop me if I'm getting too crazy on you, Jerry, because I know. <laughs> Usually you're talking about things that are dead that come back to, you know, communicate with us. Um, so here's another weird one. So there is a, a giant kind of palish bluish horse outside the airport. I think it stands about 30 feet tall. It's got these glowing red eyes and like its veins are all kind of weird and glowy. And it's technically, apparently it's called blue Mustang, but all of the locals, cause I have a few friends that live in Denver and they all call it Lucifer, <laughs> as in yeah. blue Lucifer. <laughs> this thing, if, if you, if you have a Google machine, at your fingertips or in your hand, like look it up. Let's just look up, literally type in Lucifer and this thing will, this is the first thing will come up. It's a weird horse that I get it. Like maybe it had something to do with the Denver Broncos. I'm not really sure, but it's this giant horse and that the super like hardcore kind of, uh, you know, Bill Cooper type conspiracies. They, you know, they, they say, Oh, it's, it's the pale horse from revelation in the Bible. And that means that the whole world's going to end. And I don't know if that's the truth, but what I will say is it's a creepy ass thing to have outside an airport. Um, like, and, and, and the, 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 the kind of icing on the cake for this one is that the guy who designed it, he was an artist named Luis Jimenez. When they were like actually putting the whole thing together, a piece of the head fell on him and severed his femoral artery and killed him. So this horse has already killed the guy who designed it and it's just freaky. So I recommend looking it up because it's freaky. And like, let's be honest, there's tons of people who are scared of flying, I would want to make an airport that's like happy and like, you're not going to die. Just be like, don't stress. <laughs> don't like have some snacks. Like, but this one is just filled with weird stuff and, and death. And it's just, I don't know, man, it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. It seems like a whole lot of stuff that's awkwardly placed. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of these places, whether it be an airport or something else, when it's, when it's modeled, there's a theme to it or, but like you said, yeah. you know, like that tile that's got the, uh, you know, the A-U-A-G, that's, it's like a random, just there it is. And there's nothing else really like that in there. And, you know, no. it's just, it's just so much randomness in there. Well, when a lot of the weirdest things like the capstone and the A-U-A-G, those are things that most people aren't going to pay attention to. I mean, I missed them the first time I was there. But the things that people do pay attention to are kind of like almost like those maybe the the things people don't notice might be more nefarious. But some of the stuff that people are going to notice, like the giant blue horse or the giant Anubis statue or the weird like demon crawling out of a, a suitcase that's that's called art or these weird murals <laughs> that we're about to talk to. I mean, you're just like surrounded by weird weirdness and death. Like the minute that you walk into this silly airport and like, I don't know, like. If 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 nothing else, like if like conspiracies aside, just wanting people to be like peaceful and like happy, you know, before they get on the plane, that would be my kind of thing if I was trying to design an airport. But I, I, I'm not someone that gets paid to design airports. So what do I know? <laughs> there you, you know? go. Yeah, dude. So so there's all these murals and I've heard some rumors that some of them may have been taken down, painted over, covered up. I'm not sure. I think originally there was four of them. I can only find three. So so in in this in these notes, I put the pictures of three. So they're they're super weird. I guess the artist was named, uh, or probably is named, uh, Leo Tang Tanguma. And they're called Children of the World Dream of Peace and in Peace and Harmony with Nature. But 
let me tell you what these things are. I'm just going to look at this and explain it. So the first one is this soldier. He looks in my uh, untrained eye of what soldiers look like in in past decades. He looks like a Nazi soldier. He's got like a giant sword in one hand and he's stabbing what looks like a white dove with that sword. He's got a gas mask and like a beret on and he's holding like what looks to be like an AK-47 or some a gun of some sort in the other hand. But he, it looks like he swung the sword around. There is a rainbow coming off the sword that may or may not be uh, some sort of, I don't know, poison gas, if we want to connect that to a few of these other theories. And there's a bunch of kids that, in his description, he calls sleeping and dreaming of better times. I think they look dead. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, and then in the other one, you got a bunch of kids, a bunch of dead forest animals in the forest. The forest is burning behind them. And at the center of the picture is somebody in a casket. And it looks like they're all kind of mourning this person. And there's like a dead leopard and a bunch of other random stuff there. And then uh, I don't even know what the third one was. And I couldn't even find a picture of the fourth one. But they're all very like, yeah, they can be explained away as like, oh, they're children trying to, you know, commune with nature and like dreaming of better times when the nations lay down their arms and come to peace and care about the world. But they're pretty morbid, dude. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? They're morbid. They're freaky. And like you said, they're not something appropriate for, uh, uh, you know, an air an airport by any means. No, exactly. Like, if this was in a museum, that's one thing. We could all argue at the museum over the beauty and the art of it. But, but in an airport, dude, like, this guy just, like... This guy that has severe anxiety about flying literally just wants to get on his flight. Like the last thing he needs to do is walk by the Nazi with the with the scimitar, with the poisoned gas, the AK forty seven, and all the dead kids. So that's my thought. <laughs> um, so that was kind of the last one. Some of the other notables that that I've just picked up in in my research and when I've been there is why is there a morgue at the airport? It is not, according to my research, which has been uh, eh, decent but not super in depth. Storing dead bodies, I'm sure people die at airports because there's a lot of people going through an airport every day, but storing dead bodies at an airport is not standard practice at any airport, period. And as far as I could find out, the only airport that has a morgue in all of the airports in our in, in the U.S. is the Denver International Airport. Hmm. Uh, we already talked about the sprinkler system. Um, so there's another there's a whole series of uh, of gargoyle statues. And the one that I noticed that I thought was super weird when I was there that I, I sent Jerry a little picture of, it's called Devil in a Suitcase. And it's literally a, a sculpture of this devil, demon, gargoyle, winged, horned thing looking dude crawling out of a suitcase. Again, like, cool at an art museum, not at an airport, dude. <laughs> like, what is going on here? And then the last thing... And I mentioned this, I think, earlier, like in a brief second was like they in addition to the crazy blue horse they had. And I don't know if it's still there or not, because I I heard it may have been taken away or may have been like a traveling exhibit. But they had like a like a I don't know, 20, 30, 40. Who knows how big it was? A giant statue of Anubis, who for those of you who don't know, like Egyptian um, Egyptian mythology, he was the the jackal headed god who guarded the the gates to the underworld, a.k.a. hell. So that was where the whole like portal to hell thing comes into play. So, again, like, all these things are crazy. They lend themselves to tons of conspiracy theories. Do I know the answers? Do I believe the craziest of the conspiracies? No, not necessarily, but I can see why people do, and I can kind of see that I'm, like, I'm kind of open to them. 
But even in dude, like even everything else aside, my question is just like, why would you put some of the stuff in an airport? It's weird, dude. Yeah, absolutely crazy. I think that's probably a perfect lead in. Speaking of weird, to uh, April being Blood Month, let's run right into that one. So this one's this one's more fun to me. I that 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 sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> I just I don't know. Like, does this one is just so vague to me? I can't give it a yes or a no. Do I believe it's possible? Absolutely. Like, but do I have any like facts? No, not really. So uh, I read something when I was looking into, you know, I was, uh, you know, Jerry asked me to, to be on a show and I was I was like, yeah, I got to I got to find some interesting stuff to talk about. So I was looking at a bunch of stuff and I found this one. And it was basically uh, apparently a lot of people believe that April is really the season of sacrifice for the U.S. government. But all this blood sacrifice that they do, they mask it and later kind of spin the story as tragedies. So this kind of goes to apparently if you go back into studying kind of more ancient civilizations, a lot of these civilizations that, you know, had, uh, you know, I mean, and it wasn't as it wasn't necessarily weird back then, but they did, you know, have sort of sacrificial rituals to the gods that they praised and all that stuff. Um, apparently, April or that time of year, it was a very popular month for blood sacrifice. So the thought is that if you kind of fast forward, there is more tragedies than usual in the month of April than any other month in the year over, you know, the history of at least the United States. So the thought is that the government is elite, evil, lizard people, Luciferians, whatever, whatever people think, and that they're still basically um, maybe not, you know, tying people to a stone table and, and stabbing them or whatever people used to do back then, but that they're working with some sort of, uh, I don't know, evil powers to uh, sacrifice people to these powers and and cover it up as uh, it's a plane crash or this or that or another. So and I mean, you, we could roll this one right into another one about how, oh, you know, the whole blood sacrifice to uh, to become famous thing is, 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 is an interesting one as well. But we'll save that for another time. But um, so anyway, so basically some of the theories are um, and cut me off, Jerry, any time because I feel like I'm talking too much. No, but, you're good. Um, a group of believers for this particular theory. They, they say that there's an unusual high amount of tragedy tragedies in the month of April, uh, you know, in past years. And there there's kind of a nefarious uh, sort of uh, malicious component to it. And they believe that in April, ritual disguises tragedies are performed to sacrifice pe- people to the demon god Baal. And that's B-A-A-L, uh, which apparently is it's not one that I'm familiar with. But, hey, that's cool. So I guess some people noticed that a huge amount of tragedies happen during the month of April. Um, apparently that this could be the government's blood sacrifice season during this month. Government performs sacrifices to the demon God ball, and then later disguises these sacrifices as tragedies. Um, since most of these tragedies happen around mid April, I guess even CNN published an article, uh, about kind of questioning why there's such a high, I don't know that they really want the conspiracy route. I don't, I'm not familiar with this article to be perfectly honest. Um, but, uh, they at least did publish an article kind of concerning why there's such a high amount of tragedy in April. Uh, so I guess April, like I said, throughout throughout kind of history, a lot of civilizations have that have worshipped different gods and involved sacrifice. I guess that kind of time of year was the most popular. So I pulled up some kind of uh, some numbers here and I have some charts. And and certainly enough, a lot of the uh, April does does rank higher than the rest of the months. Although I have to say the one day 
or the two days that ranked the highest were, I think, January 16th and 17th. So I can tell you, I don't think I'll be traveling on January 16th or 17th anytime <laughs> soon. Um, but just a couple of, you know, some of the biggest heavy hitters for the April tragedies. Abraham Lincoln got killed. The Titanic sank. The Great Mississippi Flood in 1927. Boston Marathon bombing. I'm sure a lot of you remember that. Virginia Tech shooting. Same thing. I'm sure a lot of you remember that. 1906 earthquake in San Francisco. I wasn't alive. I don't think any of us were. Uh, the end of the Branch Davidian siege. Uh, we probably, a lot of us probably remember that. Oklahoma City bombing. Same Columbine shooting and Deepwater Horizon explosion. Also, I added to this list, Hitler was born on April 20th. So um, <laughs> same, same date as Columbine shooting. So interesting. Oh, and I guess that was the same date as the Deepwater Horizon. That is not a good date to be around. I think I'm just going to take that day off for the rest of my life. But, you know, um, but, but, you know to, and then, to jump in on that, you know, like you mentioned an earthquake and, yeah. and a flood. I mean, I'm, I'm in the conspiracy theories as much as anybody else, but I don't really think the government caused a, a flood or a, uh, an earthquake. You don't think the government can cause earthquakes, man? Come on. <laughs> they got, you know, they got the heart machine and CERN and all that. I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know either, man. I'm just, dude, we report, they decide, bro. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so my, my thoughts on this whole April thing is I would need to do a heck of a lot more research. It's definitely interesting enough for me to want to know a little bit more. Um, but you know, it's not enough to, to make me be able to say, Hey, I'm, I'm not all in on this for sure. But then again, I have to say like with the Illuminati and the Freemasons and knowing, you know, knowing about Bohemian Grove and all these other weird things that are going on, like. Who knows, man? Who knows? We should have done Bohemian Grove. That's what we should have. We'll, we'll get you on again at another time, and we'll, we'll do a whole episode on Bohemian Grove. Oh, that's perfect, because I even have I, – I, I'll, I'll try to perfect my Alex Jones impression by the time we do that one. <laughs> like, you know, they're putting babies in cows. Um, drink the water. It'll turn you gay. I don't know, man. Um, Only frogs. <laughs> oh, the turns of frogs gay. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I'm thoroughly entertained by Alex Jones, I must say. So I, I guess the I guess the the moral of the story is that if April is when you sacrifice people, that's probably what someone would do if they wanted to become a vampire, right? I would think so. Okay. So then my question is like, do you think that Prince Prince Charles could really be a vampire? I don't know why why he is brought up as being a vampire. I'm sure you'll have some interesting information because I know nothing about this topic, but I mean, I, his mom is living forever. Right. And, and here's the thing. One of the main things that, that spurs this, this, this topic of, of conspiracy is that he could have descended from Vlad the Impaler, but if he did, then so did his freaking mom, unless it happened on his dad's side, which I doubt because his mom's side is, is the Royal side. And that's where, I think that's where that comes from, because I've heard for, you know, for ages now. I mean, first of all, let's 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 go back to the beginning. Like Vlad, the, like this one's ridiculous, but it seemed fun and funny. That's why I picked it. So um, I thought we'd end with kind of a, a lighter note one. But basically, the, the I'll kind of rewind a little bit. The, 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 the theory is that Prince Charles um, is part of the royal family. So they apparently descended from Vlad the Impaler. If you don't know anything about Vlad the Impaler, he was a ruler way back in the day during super bloody castle times, and he just loved to impale people. He was probably um, he was probably a sociopath, probably a psychopath. Who knows? Or maybe it was just a really bloody war and he was good at it. And, and he, that was just his choice. I have no idea. I don't know all the details, but 
he is the because of his supposed sort of like bloodthirst or whatever you want to call it, bloodlust. He is kind of the the original person that Bram Stoker based the Dracula character off of. Now, there's no evidence from what I have found that Vlad the Impaler drank blood, called himself a vampire, didn't like sunlight, had a cape or, you know, said, I want to drink your blood or, you know, ate Count Chocula cereal or any of that. I have <laughs> seen none of that. Just somehow he was a bloodthirsty dude who this guy just decided to turn into what we now know as a vampire. And then, you know, the chick who wrote the Twilight books, she completely ruined it all. But anyways, <laughs> I, I don't know where they jumped from Vlad the Impaler. So being related to Vlad the Impaler doesn't make you a, a vampire. And, and that this is... I'm willing to believe in a lot of conspiracy theories like you, Jerry, but this is one that I, I don't see. But so so that's the first one is the lineage. Apparently, the royal family traces back to Vlad the Impaler because some guy who made a play that became a movie based his Dracula character on uh, Vlad the Impaler. So that makes them vampires. I don't really see how that works. But Prince Charles, I guess uh, he, he went on to on Romania's National Tourist Office ad he claimed that Transylvania's in my blood and and said that it's a great place to go as a tourist. He also joked about being a descendant of Vlad the Impaler, which sparked even more conspiracies. Then in 2017, because of his lineage, but uh, his ties to Transylvania or there, there, by the way, there is no Transylvania right now. It's, I think, part of Romania. Um, but but, you know, the the that area or, or that geography. So the so because because he promoted it as a tourist attraction because of his lineage to that area. I guess he was made the honorary Prince of Transylvania a couple of years ago. Nice. That one's interesting. Um, and uh, because of these and then the other thing in this article is they, 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 they cite that a lot of uh, the Royal family and I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be killed for this, but I'm going to say it anyways, that uh, maybe because of inbreeding or something, there's a lot of uh, different, disorders including porphyria which makes you really like uh iron deficient and super sensitive to sunlight now there's also no there's no evidence that charles even has that but it's something that apparently is common so as you mentioned earlier i would say if anyone was a vampire or uh some sort of a otherworldly being or had otherworldly powers i would say you're right it's his mom because she's like lived she's gonna live forever i don't know if she's ever gonna die yeah i think she's approximately 137 years old right now uh, i mean it may be at least dude you know maybe she's eating a lot of the fermented foods because that's what they do in like with the <laughs> southeast asia they they live forever so, i don't know man this one like i said i picked it because it was fun i think it's kind of ridiculous um but uh yeah so i don't know is prince charles a vampire i have no idea so tim I appreciate you coming on, brother. Tell everybody. Yeah, no problem, man. Tell everybody. I know it's not set up yet, but uh, you guys do plan on doing a show that where you talk about similar to what you just did tonight, correct? Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, we uh, two out of the three hosts. So JB and I, if you listen to the host, it's uh, my buddy Steve and JB and myself. Uh, Steve and I both live in San Diego. Uh, we all grew up in Santa Barbara, California. JB lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so yeah, so so JB and I are starting. A uh, kind of a conspiracy. I won't. I hate the term conspiracy theory because I think it was pretty much designed by the CIA to make people who believe in things other than the, the quote unquote narrative make them uh, to discredit them. But it's a conspiracy theory podcast. We call it the Jester's Court podcast because it's kind of a play on. Um, I think that back in in Castle Times, we'll call it the Jester 
or the court jester, you know, the guy who, you know, wore the funny hat and did, he was the only person who could make fun of or challenge the king or the queen and get away with it. Anyone else would have been killed. But because he could do it in jest, you know, in comedy, he was the only person who could get away with challenging royalty. So it's very interesting because he wasn't someone who had a lot of power, but in a lot of ways he was. And I think you'll see this kind of like we've kind of noticed you, you see a lot of this with like, you know, a lot of comedians being some of the only people who can get away with. You don't see, you know, a lot of Hollywood people fall in line, but you see, you know, a lot of comedians like a Sam Tripoli or like even a Joe Rogan. A lot of the time, some of these guys like they're able to kind of really drive some of these uh, more like truth based movements or some people might call them conspiracy based movements. But so anyways, we kind of saw that. So we thought jester's court and then we kind of play up the whole court thing so our, our logo is it's going to be this little skull wearing a jester cap and then there's like two crossed instead of crossbones it's crossed gavels nice. so it's kind of the whole like court thing so we kind of start it's kind of cheesy we start with kind of like what's on the docket and then we kind of end with you know what's the verdict um so that's kind of what, what we're doing and um so basically we pick a lot of topics that either you know some of them are ones that are Everything is kind of already divulged, like Operation Northwoods is our first episode, um, and, or it will be our first episode. And Operation Northwoods is something that was a huge false flag operation by the government, but that's all declassified now. So there's, like, there's really no conspiracy in that episode. It's all truth, but it's a lot of truth that nobody knows, and a lot of people probably don't want you to know necessarily because, I mean, it just blatantly like shows you, like, hey, the government just blatantly lied to you about this, 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 and this. And that might make you question other things. But that's kind of our whole thing is like, we just want to share the truth. I'm not going to walk in like, I'm not going to try and make anyone believe that the, the earth is flat or, or anything in particular. Our thing is more like, you know, we look into a theory, kind of present the facts and then, you know, just kind of share the facts and let people know and let people decide what they want to believe. Do you know? When, so, um, absolutely. yeah, go ahead. Do you know when that first episode is going to drop? I don't know, man. Right now we've, we've recorded five episodes um uh jb's had some some family some family stuff he's been dealing with so he had to take care of that so we're we're behind a little bit but um ideally we will probably drop the first episode by the first of the year nice tell everybody yeah. about the, uh, the 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 podcast that you guys actually have right now the project so reclamation. What we actually, ha- actually have right now is project reclamation i kind of shared a little bit about how how we started but basically i mean we cover a bunch of different topics we have a bunch of guest speakers on. Uh, I'm trying to convince Jerry to come on for an episode. But, uh, I mean, ultimately, we're just regular people trying to make our lives better and improve our lives and then share any tips and tricks we learn along the way. But also just kind of use, you know, kind of use our any momentum we have. Or sometimes we're just talking through our own problems. And hopefully you guys, anyone who's interested in making their life better or getting through an issue or kind of getting through a rough patch, you know, we're, that's our whole point is for all of you to join us and just kind of come along. And Hey, if we all did a little, you know, put in a little effort to make our lives better and the people in our sphere of influences lives better. And that could be as easy as, you know, I don't know, saying hi to a homeless person or giving them, you know, whatever, a quarter or, um, or, you know, making a grocery, a grocery store clerk smile, because so many people just crap on the grocery store clerks because that's who's in front of them when they're having a bad day. If you could just focus on making your life a little bit better and taking a few small steps that require very little effort into making everyone around you's life a little bit better or just making inter- in every interaction, you know, a good one rather than a bad one. I think the world could be a different place within a few weeks if everyone did that at the same time. Now, obviously, we can only reach a few people at a time, but 
I mean, that's kind of our that's kind of our goal, man, is to help anyone through tough times, but also kind of get the message out that, hey, you know what? Kindness, love, gratitude, forgiveness. I mean, these are the things that make your life and the world a better place. So if we can all just practice a little bit more of that every day, that's all we're really trying to do, man. Um, but, uh, you know, we have a good time. We, uh, you know, we, 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 we curse like sailors. Sometimes we, we jump off into tangents a lot of the time, you know, it's not a super, it's not a super serious podcast. We do, we do get into super serious topics and I think we, we cover them well, but we cover them as regular people. Cause we're not gurus. We're not experts. I'm not freaking Tony Robbins. You know, we're not, we're not Gary Vaynerchuk telling you how to make a million dollars, but we can help you through small situations. And that's all we're trying to do. And if we can reach, you know, one or two people at a time, then that's, you know, we're doing, we're doing our thing. I know one of the inspirations you like to use is Dwayne Johnson, the rock. And, and you would uh, like to tell a little story about how bad he had it and where he came from, from whence it came. Why don't you share that real quick? Sure, man. So the, the rock, um, um, uh, Reese, uh, probably a few years ago, he started a production company. It's called seven buck productions. I think I could be wrong. It's seven bucks. Something that's, that's let's focus on the important part. Seven bucks, something seven book productions. I think that's what it's called. And this is the story that explains why it's called that. So the, the rock, his dad had been a professional wrestler. His grandpa on his mom's side had also been a professional wrestler, but that wasn't his path. His path was, um, he got a, he, he was a starting uh, defensive tackle at the University of Miami. He was a hurricane uh, going into coming out of his, I think the end of his junior year season, he got, uh, he got injured and he couldn't play. So he was, he was actually, he lost his starting spot his senior year when he was, you know, getting looked at by all the scouts for the NFL. His plan was to go to the NFL. That was his dream. That was his destiny. He got replaced by uh, a guy who's not very well known. You probably haven't heard of him. His name's Warren Sapp. <laughs> I, I, I say thank you. Yes. So if you don't know who Warren Sapp is, he went on to uh, win a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and he's already been in the he's already been inducted to the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best defensive tackles to play the game. Um, but yeah, so the, the Rock got his his final season robbed from him because of injury. And he got replaced by a guy that he even if he healed when he healed, he was not going to beat out or it, it would be very hard for him to do so. So. So he finished out his last season not starting, um, didn't make it to the NFL. He got picked up by the CFL or the Canadian Football League, uh, but he got picked up by a team that put him on the practice squad, and they ended up cutting him a couple months into the season. So he literally was was in Canada about to hop on a bus, and he had – how much money do you think he had in his pocket, Jerry? I'm going to guess $7. 7 bucks. He said, he said I, 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 had, I had 7 bucks in my pocket – and all I knew was that this was never going to happen again or something to that effect. I'll have to look it up because the quote is better than that. Um, but but yeah, he had seven bucks in his pocket. So he went back home. Then he actually got a call from from the, the CFL. I don't know if it's the same team or a different team. They wanted him to come back. And uh, it was that time that he decided to change his direction. He's like, no, nope, uh, I'm going to pass. And he went and told his dad. He said, dad, I'm going to go into the family business. Meaning he wanted to go into professional wrestling. And his dad's like, son... He goes, Dad, I don't need, I don't care if you agree with me or disagree with me, but I need you to train me. And his dad said, son, I think this is the stupidest thing you've ever done or that you'll ever do in your life, but I'll train you. And uh, I think we all know how the story goes from there. <laughs> he ended up being one of the biggest, most popular people and, and probably helped drive that brand and Vince McMahon's company and the WWF, now the WWE, 
to what it really is now. I mean, him and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the 90s were, I mean, that was, I, I love that stuff. And um, and then The Rock was able to leverage that and, and kind of ride that into a, a, a career in in Hollywood. And, and now for probably for almost 10 years now, he's been the most popular, the most highly paid and the most sought after actor in movies, period. And I don't know. I think that's a that he's he's very inspirational. We have a few people who we talk about we talk about a lot of people, but we, but we have a few people who we talk about all the time. And he's one of them. I would say uh, Jocko Willink is another. Joe Rogan's another one. Uh, David Goggins is another one. And we talk about a lot of other people like, you know, there's some kind of sleepers like Keanu Reeves and Nick Vujicic and uh, Noah Galloway. And we just like to be motivational and, and, and just, you know, we're all inclusive and we just want everyone to feel better and feel like you're in a place to take your life to the next step, whatever that may be. Maybe that's the first step. You know, maybe you're at the bottom of the basement and you're just trying to get out of the basement. That's fine. Maybe you're already way up the ladder and you're just trying to get higher and that's fine too. But hey man, we're here for everyone. And uh, that's our thing, man. That's Tim Frick, everybody from project reclamation podcast. Go subscribe today. I promise you, you'll be glad you did. You hear how uh, enthusiastic he is about what he's talking about. And that's the same way that they come across on the podcast. Well, thank you, man. I, uh, I, I, I talked a lot more than I expected to on this podcast, but I had a lot of fun, dude. Good. I'm glad you did. And we'll have you back on for sure. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, Well, hey, everyone, uh, thanks for listening. Be good. Yeah, so are we done? Did you turn it off now? All right, so that was Tim Frick. Like I said, he is freaking hilarious. (laughs) I had to. Look, I tried to go the whole episode without doing that. I knew you were going to come up with that some way or another. (laughs) But uh, no, he's a trip, man. Go go check him out. Yeah, definitely. His podcast is definitely one of the more underrated ones out there. So so yeah, give him a listen. Well, and guys, what was that word I was gonna say? Uh, fodder. No. <laughs> no. Uh, boost him. Boost him up. Motivational, like Tim Robbins or something like that, where. Big hands. Zig Ziglar or something like that. Where you're going to go and, and somebody's going to tell you about it. But it's just like feel-good stories. Everything's mm-hmm. like feel-good stories and then they laugh and joke the whole time. Yeah, just, that's really nice. You know. And then you know what else? What? Hello, Mada. Hello, Fada. <laughs> stop. Please stop. <laughs> Guys, remember, we didn't mention it in the last show because I couldn't talk. January 12th through the 18th, that's when we're doing the Patreon $50 drive. So just remember that, and I'll probably make a commercial for it play at the end of these shows later, but it's coming up. It's only like a month away. Yeah. $50 gets you lifetime Patreon episodes. Mm-hmm. Sounds so, like a good deal. We'll talk about it more later. Thank you guys so much, and we'll hear you on or talk to you on Sunday. Good You'll hear Lord. us. We want to hear you. I know. He's, he's lost it, y'all. Code medicine. Love you.